<laughs> okay, uh, we're ready? Okay. We're going to start the next subtopic tonight. Fascinating topic. It's going to take us probably, we will have Sheer hopefully tomorrow night, uh, skiing permitted. And Monday night is a Shul Hasana, but Tuesday night and Wednesday night next week we'll also have Shir, and then we'll see after that. So it's going to probably take us at least till then. And the first introduction will sound like, thank you, will sound like it's an Avela Sugya, which the minute is not to learn Avela straight. You learn mud cotton, you come across something. It's not an Avela Sugya, even though in Hilchas Kibbut Aveim, the mention of how we're going to start off is the sugi and kedusha in the middle of kibbutz avaim, but it happens to be only nogea achamei avesrim. But it's not a a uh, strictly, uh, if you can uh, put it, certainly not morbid, and it's not only an avelis sugi, although it is nogea. You see many questions so far. When are we going to discuss the focus on machab de la hamisa, which is part of kibbutz avaim? So we are going to touch upon it. This sugya we do more than touch upon because the understanding of the sugya ranges from what Ramesha says can't be the push-up shot in the words, and he gives an entirely different shot, to other Acharinim that say that it means what it says, and it's dependent on whether or not, believe it or not, there's a possibility in Mitzias of transferring schar or Unchim to other people. So the basis of the sugi is going to be absolutely fascinating. There are all sorts of very fascinating, uh, bizarre cases in history where, I'm sure you've heard some of them at Pirchem Malavamalkas or something like that, where people try to sell their Olamhaba and sell the Gehenim and sell uh, their Schar and sell their Anshim. And we'll get into that as part of the sugi because, I don't want to spoil it, uh, the Gemara is going to make a comment and Ramesh is going to say... That I don't a I don't know how it's possible and b you certainly aren't mechuyiv adaver. So rather than keep you guessing, what I just said the last two minutes has everybody wondering. Let's. Oh, so so the the Ramah comments on this. Ramah says Yisachar Zulu only works because you're giving him the money beforehand and during, and you're supporting him. Mela, you are a shutif. You're not buying schayr off of him. You're a shutif. You're enabling him to learn. The Ramah on the next line over there, Rosh says. Lafuke, you cannot be done if you already learned that you want to buy the schar. Rama says it beferish. Interesting, because one of the chuvas we're going to deal with later on, they don't quote the Rama, they quote other sources. And the question is, how can you buy something that doesn't have mamashus and it's a labalielum? Similar to the discussion when Yaakov bought the Bechari from Mesa, but worse. So over there, it was a Davish Labalielum, so they said that's why I made a shvu in the Pasuk. And it was kind of mountain terror. They're, they're, they're better terutsim. It's a dinigamir's das. He made the shvua. Over here, it's like we're talking about schayva. And it's only it's not up to us. And who are you the bailers to sell it? So we're going to get into that. It sounds like heebie-jeebies, but it's actually very nagea to this gemara. And ends up being a very, very fascinating sugi. So let's start on page one. I did upload... So the Gisor, I uploaded all the Marmakaimis, so if anybody's listening, they're in the regular online. Again, if you don't know where it was, look back at your link originally. And we're going to see, which is three lines in the Gemara, but the start of a major sugya. It's in Kedushan, the keep it up aim. Your first Marmakam, Laman Allah from Abayz, five lines down. Kaya Aimer, Davra, Shmua, Mipiv. 
person lost a parent. Now, we're going to focus on the father now. Even though the Ramah, when we finally see it in Shulchan Aruch the Ramah is going to point out it even applies to a mother. The reason that's important, besides the fact you have to know it applies to both parents, you could understand the words, Hayyayimidavashmuamipiv, sounds like a quoting a Tvarteria, quoting a Chiddush of a father, which would apply to the father, not the mother. And the Ramah says, no, this applies to the mother, and the Ramah's mashma, that it's not quoting Tvarteria, only it's just, I'm quoting things, your mother used to make a delicious apple pie, and she always used to say, this is the way to do it. And it has nothing to do with Tvarteria. We will see, again, either in the next two weeks, or maybe after Pesach, uh, Sternbach will try to be miyash of the many. The many people aren't saying this. And he says maybe it's because they're assuming that Shmua Mipiv means the Shmua is in the Tvar Torah. And how often you quote a different Torah from your father depends who your father was. It's odd what says applies to a mother. So he's going to suggest that your mother could have said a Chiddush and Hilchaz Allah's Neiris, which the famous Drisha quotes his mother with two Chiddushim and Hilchaz Allah's Neiris. Uh, coming up on Yantif, uh, her Chiddush, if you recall, is that uh, the women. Uh, Light when the men come home, which is already after Yantiv, and covered means just light before Yantiv, even though it's mutter light on Yantiv, if you forgot. And she says it's a mistake and it should be corrected. And then she says this plus debatable that they should make the bracha before, even though your wives all year make the bracha afterwards, because you make the bracha before, you're makabal Shabbos, a shayladi makabal Shabbos, and therefore in a regular Shabbos you can't do it. But she said on Yantiv you can, because even if you're makabal Yantiv, make the bracha mimakal Yantiv and transfer the fire. Don't strike the match or transfer the fire. So she has a number of chidush, and the second one is debated in the Achreinim. But Mashemach is going to suggest that perhaps it's referring to only quoting Shmuz as in Divrei Terah. Kemat all the Achreinim, he's trying to be asked with many why people aren't saying it. Kemat all the Achreinim say Shmuz means anything they said. Whenever you say their name within the first 12 months, you have to say, or according to Abba or Ima. So number one, you can't say Abba, you say Abba Mari. And you have to add the words, Hareini Kaparis Mishkavim. This is a Ferish HaGamar, Ferish HaDin and Shulchan without a Chilik. Now you understand where Shnambach writes the truth, but Miyash of the Mini, why no one's doing it? Because uh, so few people are doing it, he wants to do Miyash of the Mini, and try to, when I see a Mini, sometimes I see a Gehenim, and sometimes it's, um, which is a bad expression for the Sugya, and sometimes just Amaratsis, I don't think it's a, it's a Ferish Gemara, and it's in a very famous Sugya in Kedushim. I don't think most people are aware of the Din. In most people aren't that familiar. And Leilain, when it becomes Nagay, it's hard to learn everything, and they just don't do it. But it's a Ferish Din. Barring this Shuvah from Rabbi come on, everybody agrees that it's quoting anything from your mother or your father. And even Kuntar Shtonbuch, if you're quoting a Dvar you certainly have to say it. So that's. An issue, but that's not going to be the main focus of our sugya. It is brought down la Hani mili, when does this apply? Teich shnei Within 12 months of the patira. Mikan ve'elach aimez zechren levracha l'chayelam abba. Also interesting how these, the minhagim developed. Uh, everybody says zechren levracha. You'll never hear anybody say zechren levracha l'chayelam abba. But Zechan Levacha doesn't only mean, according to the Gemara, Zechan Levacha, as in Zechazad Levacha, when you mention something, you should say a bracha. It means Zechan Levacha, Lechayel Maba. If you're a bracha, you should have Menucha in Elamaba. That's the whole Gemara. Take a look at Rashi. And we're going to find out what the words mean. What does Hareni Kaparis Mishkava mean? That's the whole, I underlined it. These, these three words are the main focus of the Sugya. Hareni Kaparis Mishkava. So Rashi says, Hareini kaparis meshkava. The words translate, I 
wish to be, or I am, a kapara for his mishkavos, his petira, meaning what he's going through after the petira. No? By Elena, what can a person be going through after the petira? So the good news is the maximum sentence for Gehenim is 12 months, which is why this Kaddish for 11 months, we don't want to be machzikim as a Russia, but it's 12 months. And the son now, or the daughter, interestingly enough, it doesn't limit it quite to a mother to a father, it's also a mother. Don't spell it by fairy, it should apply, should, should apply to a daughter also, which is not clear. Harini Kaparas Mishkava, Rashi says, Alai Yavo Kora Haroi Lovol Al Nafshoi. That the child is saying that whatever Gehenim he or she, parents are going through, their kapara should be transferred to me instead. I'll take the heat. Which, as you can imagine, now you begin to understand why this is such a big sugyo. What, first of all, does that work? How does that work? And Ramosha is going to have two kashas here. So first of all, he doesn't think it works. He doesn't think there is such a thing. You can't, you can't uh, take somebody's inish off of them. It's a very important sugyo because if you tell this to people... Uh, and they say, well, everybody knows. I have no stories about that. It's okay. So I have to know are the stories. Is it documented? There are chuvas on this, but the chuvas start off and, and end off saying, yeah, there are stories, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. We're going to have to make many chilukim in a sugya we know not too much about. And normally we say, in the Yitzhak bin and I would just bow out, but this is in the Nagel Allah. Maisha is going to wonder, well, we'll see this inside. Maisha is going to wonder, first of all, if Ruvain is I can't volunteer to get Mises based in Malkus or Gehenim for that matter. So he said he doesn't think it works. And number two, even in Tesalama, it did work. He said if we paskin that for paying a dollar at a grocery, we paskin Mishalav or Mishal Ben, what would a person do to get out of one minute of Gehenim? How much would he pay? 100 million, 200 million, a billion? So if a son doesn't have to pay money in this world, why would he have to take on an achrayas of Gehenim for somebody else, even a parent? It's not, it's not that he should get an einish in this world to offset the Gehenim of his father? The words are yes. Allah yavo kol ra. Not, not some of it. Kol ra. People read this Gemara. They don't read it, but this is, this is The Gemara is clear from the words that it means that if you were Masupic, you look at Rashi, he, the son is, he's a din, he's supposed to, he's mochuyiv, to take on kol raharoi lova al nafshoi. In, in other words, not, not in Gehenna. Yeah, he's now, that's worse. And, and that's car, worse. That's worse. We have so many things about Tiftach, Pela, Satan, and Ramoshis can't believe, and I, he'll write about this at length, I'm just giving you, I'm just trying to lay out what the kasha is going to be. Amesha says he doesn't think it works, Bimitsius, and if it were, Chazal would never, ever, ever be Machai for somebody to do this. Not even for a parent. You don't have to spend a dollar on them at the grocery. We prosecute. Do you have the opportunity to do things to offset the Einish over here, whereas the person, somebody who's already not here anymore? So you're saying they're helpless? Nebuch, you have the opportunity. Even if a person would be Machai to take this on, he can maybe do certain things, Lizchus. That's so a different story. So we have to make, as I said, the full chalukim in this interesting sugya. We're used to, and these aren't stories, we're used to learning Mishnayas to somebody. So a son for a father, a Talmud for a Rebbe, is not, never a kasha. Because a son is a bromazakal abba. When a son does a mitzvah, it does accrue to the credit of the father because the son is a result of the father. A Talmud and a Rebbe is the same thing. 
But we're also used to the idea of people signing up Mishnayis for somebody else. They don't even know the guy, or they, it's, a, it's a friend's uncle, or whatever. People do this all the time. We assume that works. Uh, how does that work? Ramesha doesn't deny that. How does that work? The answer is, here you're creating an extra schus. This is my chilik, but I, I think there rise to this. And I'm saying I'm only doing this, I'm not shifting schar arnish. I'm saying I don't want the schar. I'm doing this only for him. Let it go straight to him. It's still a chiddush. But over there, I'm creating learning I wouldn't do. And by the way, Chaim in his sefer, um, one of his many farm, Chaim Kaneski, says, I was thought this push it, but I was happy to see it inside. He says that if you're not learning something new or in a time when you wouldn't be learning, or something, I don't mean new, new, you're not creating new learning, then you're not creating any schutz for them. If you would be learning now anyway, and now you say, oh, I want this to be for this neshama, he said, you didn't do anything new. There's just, the world didn't gain any learning, you wouldn't have learning this hour anyway. He says, it doesn't work. That's also doesn't seem to be the mini. How many times have you heard the shear, the shear, the zeh? I'm giving the shear anyway. Makes sense. I always thought like that, but he actually puts that in the print. Maybe they're chalk, maybe they aren't. But all these are cases where I'm doing it with a tanai that I want the schar to go over there. It's still a chiddush, but it's not the same as this. Here, first of all, we're talking about ancient not schar. is always more than midas din. And the guy did an avera. Just picture, and this would be brought up. I was wondering this as well, and I see Achrayim spell it out. When a person is in Gehenim Le'elenu, getting an Einish, Einish is not Hashem, it's not interested in hurting anybody, of course. An Einish cleans up the Neshama, it's like a strong detergent. How in the world would I take that Einish to somebody else? His Neshama's not going to be cleaned up. <laughs> the Neshama has to go to Olam Haba. So even buying his Einish, who has a buy his Einish, his Neshama's not going to be, it's, it's a rigorous process of cleansing. It doesn't help if somebody else takes that, right? The Neshama's not going to get cleansed. Which... Again, trying to put this in simple terms for a very deep sugya. So Amisha is going to start off saying, this doesn't exist, you can't do it. And, but if you would, he says, he still doesn't understand, why would Chazal mandate? This is not a, a suggestion. You're, you're saying, Nebuchadnezzar, the parent needs help, so why not? Could you volunteer? Amisha is not bothered by, he's bothered by the fact that it doesn't work. But he's not bothered by the fact that in Tislam would work, you want to volunteer, you want to volunteer? Maybe, yeah, maybe not, you can handle it. The Gemara is not saying a suggestion. The Gemara is saying you have to do it. It's a din. You have to say the words which is, uh, as Al-Tiftach goes, pretty severe. Yes? So there is the two categories of sin. Sins of commission and sins of omission. Yeah. The Ra, maybe the Ra, the father would be happy. It's not that he can take, he can have their Gehenna. You mean, for Lysa says, if he didn't have Eira, the Sham has to get cleaned up. That you understand. He just didn't take Lulav one day. He didn't learn. So again, if the son learns, Gavaldic for the father. Anything. Stop, anything the son does, the father gets, uh, gets a schus for it. But that's not what this says. Rashi says, Allah Not learning, not learning will be a function of whether you get, uh, excuse, the, excuse the analogy, bleachers or box seats. Where are you sitting in Elam so the more you accomplish in the positive, and of course the more you stay away from the negative, will be a function of that. But if you have a schus, if you have a child or a grandchild descendant, they're here because of you and you and them, okay, that'll count for a lot. But that's not this Harena Kapara's Mishkabo. Kapara sounds like you're taking a hit for them. You're, take, you're taking real heat for them, literally and figuratively, yeah. So how does Rav Moshe understand this, Rashi? We're going to see all this inside. There's a lot of chuvas, a lot of people, a lot of people agree, 
but I just first of all I'll show you the Gemara just to show what the kashas are, why this is not so so simple. Uh, next to Ashi. After 12 months, whatever happened, happened. So, no sense in saying it anymore. Even the biggest Rishon, now, the biggest Rishon don't even get into Gehenim because Gehenim is a cleanup process and it has a finite amount of time, whatever time is in Gehenim, but the equivalent of 12 months here. Rosham Rusha, um, never, ever, ever getting into Gehenim because he doesn't deserve to be cleaned up. It's so bad, he just gets a kafakela, which is a thing up Kabbalah where the Shama is just sent from one side of the universe to the other in a slingshot and goes back and forth. And it just never has the amenucha because uh, there's certain things that um, the tikkun is not so fast in coming. But for regular people, we assume the worst is 12 months and we assume the worst is 11 months. We hope that's why we stop saying Kaddish 11 months because we don't want to be machzik them as a sham. They need the full 12 months. But the din is, it goes for 12 months afterwards. Okay, so let's see the first Maramokum. We have ways before we get to Ramesh's Tshuva. I want to show you on page 2 a Gemara Sanhedrin, which probably about 60 years ago we learned as we were learning our Blachir and Sanhedrin, and we also covered the Nabishir about probably, I don't know, 10 years ago. So for those of you who don't remember or weren't here by either one, we're going to show you this carefully. Uh, this Gemara is going to be one of the many Gemaras that the B'Tzel HaChachma, the other Chubas as well, but the B'Tzel HaChachma and Ramesha were contemporaries. I wanted to show their Machlikas, um, his Rayas and his, he brings Ramesha and he tries to show at least the first point on Ramesha's claim that it doesn't even work. There is no such thing. You can't even transfer. It's a non-transferable asset. So, one of the interesting Gemaras that B'Tzal HaChachma will bring, as in any, uh, any good Machlikis, there are going to be Gemaras on either side, and that is how you answer up each one. But this one is a, is a classic. If you recall, the Yaya Ben Tzuriya had many good years serving David HaMelech and setting up Malchus based David and defending Klai Yisrael. You might also recall that not every year was so good. So that's the way to put it. Uh, he made a couple of mistakes along the way. He was a man of tremendous stature. And um, he had betrayed David once when David sent him a top secret letter on what to do with Uriah Chiti, with the Maitse Basheva. And when Uriah got killed, his men mutinied basically and almost killed him because it looked like he was killed on purpose, which he was, because he was Chai Misa as a Marvamachas. But as a maneuver, they put him by the front lines and they withdrew and and Yayev, to defend himself, uh, showed the letter that he was ordered to do so, which was Osir uh, B'zayin HaMalchus, and then they were, they were trying to avoid that Chil Hashem. He had a mind of his own a little bit. Okay, he was under pressure. And then, if you recall, he killed Avner when Avner wanted to have peace talks with David HaMalchus at the very beginning to make the Malchus unified, and that David should be king over all 12 Shrat and not just Yehuda. And Avner was propping up Malchus Beishol after Shaul was dead, Ishbashis, and he really wanted to come over for whatever reason, and Yaev didn't trust him. And he says he had a spy, and because they had a very uneasy peace in a couple of battles between the forces of Shaul and the forces of David, and Yaev uh, didn't trust him at all. And he felt he has to protect David Amalek even against David Amalek, meaning he has the last word, not David. It happens sometimes between kings and commander in chiefs, presidents of have to know who has the last word, and the buck has to stop somewhere. And Yayev thought it stopped with him, and David Melech 
uh, didn't think so, and he told him to continue the talks of the unification of Klai, so it was very important. And Yayev went to ostensibly talk to him, and he killed him. So get him out of the way, he's not going to be peace talks so quickly, and it delayed things, and it delayed Malchus Beis a little bit. David didn't say anything at the time, because Yayev Lamaisa was doing a great job at propping up the kingdom and ultimately defending the kingdom, so he let it go because he wasn't strong enough to argue, and that's not David's fault, and he let it go. And Yayev again put in many, many years of good service afterwards. But he killed Avner, who was innocent of him, because Avner really wanted to make peace. And then, by the Misa, all this is important for the background of this Gemara, by the Misa of the rebellion of Avshalom, Avshalom rebelled against David, Yaya was his commander-in-chief, he defended Yaya successfully, killed Avshalom against David's explicit command not to harm him. Again, yes, Yaya, if you interviewed him, uh, which he wouldn't grant, uh, because... Uh, he was enough hot water for uh, doing it. But if you'd ask him, why'd you do it? He'd say, because Avshalom is dangerous, and if I keep him alive, his father has Rachmanasan. If I keep him alive, he's going to be married again, which uh, on paper might make sense, but David Amal told him, don't touch him. So I said, not your decision. And then he, David made peace with the opposing general Amasa, who defended Avshalom's army, and they lost. And uh, David Amalekh appointed Amasa to be the new commander in chief instead of Yayev because Yayev killed Avshalom. That's two chidushim there. Yayev won the battle. Amasa was the opposing general. So he forgave him. Not only did he pardon him, you know, you can pardon, I don't know what happened during the Civil War. Uh, it was a grant against uh, Lee. So uh, Lee lost at the end, even though he was a much better general. Grant had so many soldiers, he just kept feeding them in. Uh, that's less Mandapolik. Lee was a better uh, strategist, and he lost. So what happened to the end? I think, if I remember correctly, I wasn't there. I think he did not execute him. Normally, they, they were traitors. I think he didn't execute him, and he pardoned him. But he didn't make him commander-in-chief when he became president. That's a pretty brave move. So why did David do it? David wanted to show that he really forgave everybody because he wanted Kaisal to come back and he wanted to unify him and Amasa was going to bring them. So he did it for Achtus. He was trusting. Amasa, David was right. Yayav again said, I don't trust him. He's the opposing general. He's a traitor. And he killed him. So here we have Avner and Amasa and a couple other misdeeds in between. Very strong personality. Again, did a lot for Kaisal and put David on the map, so to speak, um, Malchus Beis David really survived its infancy because of Yayev. Also almost got destroyed because of Yayev. So that's like a mixed, uh, bit of a mixed bag. When David HaMelech was on his deathbed, as we know, it's a famous Haftarah, he gave Shlomo Melech, who's only 12 years old, a long list of people to get rid of because David knew the Shlomo was only 12 and David was already settled and had a successful kingdom despite all the ups and downs and they were older already. But Shlomo was young and not as experienced. He's going to get Chachma Shlomo soon because he was so young as an ace. But he was vulnerable. So he said, look, I'm giving you advice. Yoyev did this, that, and the other thing. Even though he's older, maybe he is dangerous, maybe he's not. He was, by the way. He had just joined Adam Yo. It was the last rebellion, which they put down very quickly. And David was concerned about two things. He could still be dangerous. And number two, he did care about him. He, Wants to give him a kapara. Now, we don't go around killing, hitting people and killing people to give him a kapara, but he basically said in the plastic, I don't want him to leave this earth without that kapara, and he should be tried for what he did. And take care of it. So they put Yoav in the list, Shimi ben Geira, who he had pardoned at the time, but didn't fully pardon. We discussed that in the Nabi at length. And he gave him the list. 
And Shlomo Melech, with Makayim, everything went one by one. This Gemara now comes in as Shlomo Melech gives the order to Benayel ben Yoyado, who is his new commander-in-chief and the Rosh Sanhedrin. And he tells him to go uh, arrest Yoyav to bring him to trial. Yoyav runs, if you remember from the Gemara Makis, if your children are near seventh grade, it'll be fresh in your mind. Uh, Yoyav runs to the Mizbeach and holds on to the corner of the Mizbeach. And Benayel shows up and says, you're under arrest. He says, you can't take me. You can't kill me. I'm holding on to the Mizbeach. Now, how long is he going to hold on to the Mizbeach? They're not bringing him food. So what was he thinking? So the Gemara Makkah says he made a few mistakes. Number one, it's only a kind of, if there's any amnesty, it's kind of on top of the Mizbeach, not on the side. He wasn't a kind. He wasn't doing the Aveda. And he wasn't a Ratzeh B'Shegeg, he was a Ratzeh B'Mezid. Even though he was a Meraheter, he called Aime Mutter. So, uh, why do you want to stay? So, we'll see tomorrow night in the Radak. The Radak says either from one sheet to the Gemara, he was buying time. Because by the time the conversation went back and forth and back and forth, he had to ask Shlomo what to do. He uh, bought time. Or he didn't want to lose his assets. If you're killed by the Melech, it goes to the... Melech, if you just die there, goes to Yerushim, and he was a wealthy man. Or he had a serious taina that I can't have two punishments, and if you kill me, you have to take back the other one. Question is, what is the other one, and what did he offer to take back? We'll see that in Mitzvah Shem tomorrow night.